This is 365 Tech by Sweets. Today we're going to talk about deepfakes, a application that lets you switch any face on top of any other person's body, as well as the companies which have banned it and the ethical implications. Deepfakes is an application which allows you to make videos of a person with the face of another person mapped over that body. It is very accurate and uh, uses deep learning and machine learning in order to make this happen. So it's using artificial intelligence to accurately put a face over top of another person's body. We've already seen some of this in the form of face swapping on applications like Face, uh, I'm sorry, not Facebook, in applications like Snapchat, in which you can take uh, two people who are sitting beside each other and you can replace the face of the person who's on the selfie cam with the face of the person sitting beside them, or you can go through your own photos and take images and input your old your own face over top of those or the face from an image and put it over top of your body so this already exists but not on this kind of level with this all the videos from first to to end are are all edited with the person's face in smooth transitions which is kind of scary if you think well it's very impressive technology and that impressive technology can lead to a multitude of emotional responses the power behind it though is pretty high. So in order to run this application locally, you need to have an NVIDIA GPU as well as lots of power. It requires moderate technical skills to be able to use the application. You've got to be able to run the application and then uh, compare two sets of imagery, which it gets from videos. After you've gotten the scripts comparing those two images, you just back off and let it do its thing. It's going to learn and figure out um, what those faces are and how to identify them. It's a tedious process in order to make the videos, but not super complicated. So you just monotonous, repetitive tasks, but nothing over the top and complicated. Examples of this that already exist, you can go out and find Nicolas Cage anywhere. There is actually a subreddit that is solely focused on taking every single movie and putting Nick Cage's face in it. And then there's also a subreddit which has the goal of taking a movie and replacing every single character in it with Nicolas Cage's face. Both of these are pretty monumental feats to try to attempt, but Nick Cage has his share of memification, and it looks like he'll be continuing to get memified throughout the Reddit and uh, deepfakes world. In addition, there's been an increase on Pornhub, uh, a, one of the leading porn sites where people are creating um, new forms of pornography with their face superimposed over porn stars' bodies or friends' faces superimposed over porn stars' bodies, which leads to multiple implications. Deepfakes has already been banned on Pornhub, the stated reason being non-consensual content violates the Pornhub terms of service and, cons and consists of content such as revenge porn, deepfakes, or anything published without consent. On top of Pornhub, Reddit has also banned deepfakes, saying fake porn is banned, which is, uh, Reddit defines fake porn as imagery superimposed a face over explicit content without a person's permission. The permission of the person seems to be one of the critical aspects of this, which makes sense in implications that we'll talk about now. Ethical implications around using deepfakes can create issues in forms of cyberbullying, legal evidence, the, the film industry, and intellectual property overall. So examining this, I'm going to use a couple philosophical arguments that we've developed through philosophy classes here at The Ohio State University, specifically the computer science philosophy class that I'm taking right now, Ethics and Computing. Let's start with Kantianism. Kantianism um, is the, the philosophical camp that actions ought to be guided by universal moral laws. And within that specifically, I'm going to examine the catechorum imperative, the first revision of it. 
categorical imperative means it's an unconditional rule which always applies. So trying to think of creating rules which apply to everybody across the board in all times. So the first formulation of this categorical imperative says, act only from moral rules that you can at the same time will to be universal moral law. This is kind of like, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, just worded a little bit more professionally by a philosopher Immanuel Kant. And take this to, to mean, like, would you want your face superimposed over another person's body? Maybe, but does everybody? Because you need to be able to wish this into moral, into universal law. Do people in Africa want their faces mapped over top of other people's bodies? Do actresses want their face mapped over top of porn stars' bodies while your face is mapped over others? Although it's very easy to make this decision for yourself in a selfish and introspective manner, to make the rule that this kind of behavior of mapping people's faces onto other people's bodies without their permission is a much bigger statement and fails the categorical imperative. You, you cannot, without having people's permission, you cannot take someone's face away, put it over another person's body and have it do action, perform actions and say things that it doesn't necessarily mean. That's misusing a person. So here's here's the um, here's the second formulation. This is a great time to bring this up. I didn't even think to bring this one in, but the second formulation of the categorical imperative says, "Act so that you always treat both yourself and other people as ends in themselves, and never only as a means to an end." So doing this, generating a video of another person is is trying to create this end. This is using another person as a means to a further end, which is your entertainment. You're not taking into consideration the individual and treating that individual as the end in themselves. Instead, you're using them. You're, you're leveraging an individual person, a human being, as a tool for yourself for a greater end, which is your video or the attention it's going to come from it. Either formulation of the categorical imperative. It can be argued that they both say the same thing, just in different ways. That's one of the things that Kant's claimed. But I, I see them both as different things, and... No matter which way you interpret, which form of the categorical imperative you look at, superimposing your face or anybody's face, doing that combination, using deepfakes of mapping your face over top of another person's body, is it does not respect Kantianism's categorical imperative because it fails to account for other person's opinions and their personal humanity, their personal being in the discussion. The next ethical resource we'll use to examine this ethical dilemma is act utilitarianism, which states, an action is good if its net effect is to produce more happiness than unhappiness. DeepMinds has already created a lot of happiness for every single user who gets some sort of value or laugh out of the Nick Cage videos. There is a real big collection and if that's something that you enjoy I would encourage you checking it out. Nick Cage has been great of being made a meme of. So there's some happiness and some positivity that's been created, but that's only from all the consumers. I'm not sure how this has impacted Nicolas Cage himself and the amount of unhappiness or happiness he feels as a result of this. Gotta think about this in terms of bullying as well. We've now given any 12-year-old with the time to sit down and YouTube how to make this work. He can now go out and uh, take any sort of video or image from his friends at school or his enemies and then use that to create other footage and bully and produce content with his, with his enemy's faces mapped over it. And then he can post that and perform new kinds of cyberbullying. 
This is just something that we need to watch out for because Twitter actually just made steps to counteract this because Twitter is a place that's fully open. The, it, the platform is fully open to hardcore pornography. So they had to recently adjust their, uh, their child policies to make it so that deepfakes cannot be used to produce videos of children in sexual situations and posting that kind of content because we now have to consider even for children who have never been in a sexual situation, their faces cannot now be superimposed so that it appears that they have been involved in sexual conduct. Think that's something that we need to be aware of, and Twitter is already making moves to try to prevent this from being on its platform, which says that it is not approve of this kind of behavior. Let's expand it a step further to rule utilitarianism. The difference between act and rule utilitarianism is that act utilitarianism focuses on individual actions. So only perform actions which uh, maximize net pleasure and minimize net harm. Rule utilitarianism states that the best rules are going to maximize that pleasure and minimize the net harm. So less needs to, you don't, you need to consider the individual actions of people a little bit less. So let's examine Pornhub's policy of not allowing any sort of videos which um actually let me let me review that non-consensual content violates terms of service and consists of content such as revenge porn deep fakes or anything published without consent this rule as a whole is going to make it so that you need people's consideration in order to po post pornography and that includes if a face is superimposed so that rule is going to um Maximize net pleasure in the in the fact that people will never unknowingly be posted onto a pornography website with their face superimposed, at least not on Pornhub. Um, it produces negatives in the fact that people are limited in the content that they post. Uh, but that, I feel like, is on a negative... It, it's less implicable than having people... Um, then then the the thought that people would be then the negative that would be occurring if people were people's faces were superimposed unknowingly onto other actors and taking a look at the this is pretty much the same rule across for reddit for pornhub for twitter and all these other sites the main argument is the consent the the permission of giving away this intellectual property which makes it seem like your face and your your likeness is intellectual property which must be which permission must be given in order to use at least in the act of using someone's uh using someone's face for content that they don't explicitly create so you can go out and take a photograph of another person and that isn't necessarily their ability to own that they, they don't have ownership of that but if you take that image and then you superimpose the face over another body and have that face then perform other actions and say other things you've taken their likeness and you're applying it on a broader scale so it i'm trying to right now i'm thinking does this apply to intellectual property is this going to be what kind of legal argument are we going to see i don't generally care much for u.s politics i think the legal system's slow and i think that i can do a lot more outside of it but that doesn't mean i don't break rules it just means that i don't pay much mind to it unless it affects me directly but how's the legal system going to react to this how's the legal system going to perceive this use of using other people's likeness to perform actions that they don't necessarily give permission to is it going to be a form of identity theft is it going to be a form of intellectual property arguments is it going to be a combination kind of straight a little bit from the act utilitarianism and rule utilitarianism there but i think i brought up good points with the larger legal implications of where this battle could go with deepfakes As I've been sitting here, I've been trying to think about the areas where we're really going to start to see deepfakes get used and abused most. 
I think the first way we're going to see it is in cyberbullying. People who get upset at another person and then use deepfakes in order to create a visual, um, a video of their enemy doing something to try to either embarrass them or take revenge or other forms of just emotional, just, yeah, extracting their own revenge on the others. We could see this in forms of minors, as I've already said earlier in this episode. Or we could see this in the professional workplace or within relationships. Someone breaks up with you and then as revenge, you take a new form of revenge, uh, revenge sex and revenge porn to be able to create a pornographic video of the person you don't like doing some sort of inexcusable or embarrassing act sexually and then sharing that to try to convince other people that they had a sexual encounter that they didn't actually have. Cyberbullying on the the young person's level I'm sure is going to skyrocket because kids are becoming more and more technologically advanced and are able to use technology easier and easier and this is a great memification so it's just going to be exciting for kids to be able to use this they're not gonna think about the ethical applications they're just gonna think it's fun and to use this to create some sort of content that punishes some other kid or bullies some other kid and now you've created content which exists on the internet and may never fully be deleted we're creating memories. We're feeding these artificial intelligences on platforms such as Facebook and Google when we're training them with these images. Image recognition software is going in passively consuming content. And as we continue to create this fake content, it's going to feed those artificial intelligences to make assumptions about the people who are represented in those videos and the actions and likenesses uh, and their likes and dislikes inside of those videos. Images, image recognition is getting very powerful and I don't think a lot of people realize the amount of processing that's actually required to do it. Although it is large, we can process a lot of images to extract simple features relatively, relatively quickly, especially as computer processing continues to improve. Another implication is legal evidence. We already see people who are creating fake IDs. That's not necessarily the same, but what about legal evidence in murder trials or in child ownership uh, trials where, or what, what is that parent? Child custody, that's what I meant, child custody. In child custody, yeah, what about, what happens when fake evidence is created? When someone who just has enough, uh, just moderate tech skills is able to create fake evidence of videos implicating a person who didn't actually commit a crime or does not implicate themselves by covering up their own face in these images and I get that it's obstruction of justice, but this is a possibility that would have taken a ton of work to do before and no longer requires that. I was, as I was doing research for this, we saw in the Justice League, the uh, actor who played Superman went and had to go film another movie after he finished uh, Justice League. And when he left for that other role, he had to grow a mustache. Now, Justice League needed some reshooting, so when the actor that played Superman came back, he didn't want to have to cut off his mustache because he was still filming. So they had to go and spend a butt ton of money in order to remove that mustache. Now we can use deep fakes to do the same thing for less than $500. So their comparison was saying $500,000 in order to use a professional versus $500 to just have a simple human do it or to have a simple algorithm do it. So it's becoming super easy to edit photos. Just the, the types of the types of legal modification that could have been done before existed like th these things did exist to be able to take a video and superimpose someone else's face but to have it all done by an algorithm to open up an application and have an al application do it while you're off making dinner or doing other forms of uh, just living your life to, to, to have that time back makes it easier to do there's less friction in this process and it makes it so that more and more people can do it just without having any thoughts into it at all 
Last way that I think it's going to apply is in the film industry. Imagine um, me and my friends go out and create a video and then we don't want to have to pay for special actors, but we can throw in great series of actors just by using deepfakes to create an entire movie using actors that we didn't have to pay for. So we can turn a $500 budget to produce a movie that could possibly bring in billions of dollars. Also intellectual property is the content that would be created from that video would the would I need to compensate the actor somehow would I need to compensate Nicolas Cage if I if I created a brand new movie that featured him everywhere but he never actually had to show up to my set or is all of that mine and I'm just using his likeness like how much do I own there how where where does the intellectual property lie these are questions that we're going to have to start answering and people are starting to ask these questions and some companies have started to make those decisions if you have any opinions or any questions ask Otherwise, I will catch you tomorrow.